Steve. Gregor. And Greg. Welcome to Maximum Collective and thanks for joining. Steve Otto O'Connor, Greg Big Raw Ringley. Hello. Lechuga Absolute McGrath. Welcome. We Today we're going to talk about fun flies. What it takes to put a fun fly on, what uh, what's involved, how you can help with a fun fly, uh, and what really is behind the scenes. And if you're considering having a fun fly, should you have a fun fly? Organization, all that good kind of stuff. That's and, our. Uh, and we're topic also going to talk today. about how, as a participant, how do you, how do you enjoy a fun fly? What can you do to make sure that you are enjoying the fun fly? Right. Right. That's, that's right. Two perspectives. Yeah. Both sides of the coin. Yeah. So, well. I'll start off. I recently attended two fun flies. Uh, one was more successful than they thought it would be, and one was less successful than they thought it would be. And I think, in part, when you think about doing a fun fly, you have to think a lot about when you're going to do a fun fly. We have a ton of fun flies going on these days. You can hit one almost any time. So you got to be considerate of other people's events and when people can come and coordinate with something. You might think, oh, well, that's another state away. But, you know, honestly, that can be a that it could be a make or break it kind of thing. Like you travel to one state for one, you don't want to travel to another state for another if it's a week later. Give like a two week period, I would say, to start off. Even if you're considering doing a fun fly or if you already have one scheduled, maybe you guys could work out something better to make both fun flies more successful. So that kind of covers picking dates. What are you guys, what are you guys thoughts on that? Oh, I, I would definitely agree. You know, it's, uh, it's, I think common should be common practice to take a look at the calendars. If it's a sanctioned event, going over to the American Modelers Association and uh, you can check out events on their website and yep. plan accordingly. That's right, you can plan accordingly. So, nope, I think that's great. Um, location, gotta think about where you're gonna have the fun fly. You know, is the field good? Does it have all the necessary things you need? Is it going to be easy for people to get to? Can it support the amount of people you plan on having? Uh, which kind of leads us into like restrooms. You know, you might want to make sure you have a restroom on site. Uh, I know that I've seen a lot more hand washing stations since the whole COVID thing has come around. So something to kind of consider there. Or you end up having to figure out how many construction porta potties you're going to have on site to support the amount of people yep. for that period of time. And if you don't have enough, are you going to have them clean during the event? Or are you going to just have enough to get you through the full weekend with no servicing? So that's another thing. Do you have enough toilet paper for that type of thing? Um, I know at Ken's event at the ranch, my God, I ran around the entire time changing out toilet paper and emptying trash cans, listening to people complain. So... <laughs> There's a there's a lot to do there, especially if you that was roughly ninety some odd people. So or do you just have enough seashells around? Seashells or you know grass, you can just do the dog thing and drag your butt through the grass. So just make sure you do it away from the flight stations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might Please. make yourself you might go viral on a YouTube video for that one, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
We'd like to ask you, please, to drag around somewhere else. <laughs> Would please that be like a sliding auto? Line. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, yeah. I think uh, not only that, but uh, making sure, like, I mean, food. I mean, so you've got you've got location, you've got you know bathrooms, um, size of field, and and food is really important too. I think I hear that come up a lot too with people, you know especially if your field is uh, out away. I mean, most fields are away from the town or city that, that, that you're from. So um, making sure that you have food, food that's accessible, I think is really important. I personally don't like dragging things to the field. I mean, I'll bring some drinks and stuff, but uh, I hate, I love the fact that most of the places will supply, you know, dinner or a lunch and I just don't have to mess with it. I don't care if it's hot, hot dogs and hamburgers or whatever, but I definitely really appreciate the fact, and I like supporting the clubs. You know, I'm definitely going to spend. It's only a couple of bucks, and you got to think most of that food goes back into donating back to the club, right? Well, it's well, one we, of their ways to make a couple of bucks back on it. The last couple of years the at the rodeo, we as a club brought in a food truck. We reached out, talked to local food trucks in the area. Um, both our events, the last two years and the one this year we are in an area where we don't have an overabundance of options for food. So rather than having people kind of leave the rodeo and then try and run to town and hit the two or three small restaurants there or try and scratch together a meal, we just reached out to a food truck, had them come and they're willing to spend the weekend to feed us all weekend. So that was what we've done. And that was nothing that came through the club. That was just, we asked them to attend to take care of the club. So the club itself didn't get any money out of that. But now, was it, there a nominal nominal amount of people that had to do the food? So in our case, we told them we'd have 30 to 40 pilots. And that was enough for him. To him, his comment was, and he's the guy doing the rodeo this year. And as, um, he goes, look, I love the event. I had a lot of fun. Uh, to me, I enjoyed the weekend watching you guys fly helicopters. And in the meantime, I got to sell some food. So to him, it wasn't like he was a money-making deal. It was a chance to hang out and see something cool and make enough. But he did say he made enough to make it worth a weekend for him. So That's good. It was great food, too, I will say that. So yeah. uh, quick question. Uh, so you guys didn't have to say, hey, we'll give you X amount of dollars. Or he didn't say he needed X amount of dollars just to, just to amount. be there. Right. No, yeah. we um, purely told him this is the amount of people we've got, uh, what we expect, and um, it worked out great for him. He was happy with that. That's awesome because I know a lot of food trucks. If you're wanting them to come, you got to pay a, a X amount of dollars up front, you know, and then they'll, you know, then that food will go out, and then they just, yeah, you know what I mean. I, I, I've seen that happen more times than not. Yeah. You know. So the last the benefit two years, to that is. Go ahead. Nope, go ahead. I'll say the last two years we didn't the two we used two separate food trucks the last two years at the rodeo, and as it worked out, neither one of them had a minimum volume. They both had there were I mean I think the first the rodeo the year before last we had probably 38, 40 pilots. Last year I think it was forty ish, forty two in that range. So even at that level, um, the food trucks made enough money to do it. But this goes back to as a person attending the event. Um, recognizing that that person is there to service all of us, 
so if we could buy a cup of coffee off them we buy a burger off of them that helps that vendor um earn enough to justify his existence there and it may make it easier for the club to bring that guy back the next year because he goes you know what i had a decent enough experience last year so we can help clubs out by making the vendors that support the event successful enough to do want to do it again right i think that's very important you know so i would yeah. agree yeah and, and and let's just face it i mean you know i put on events before and you know the food portion of it i mean that is stressful and if and it, having something like that happen takes so much you mean, pressure you mean off a conversation club. that kind of goes like this so gregor we're gonna have a fun fly here in july who are we gonna have to do the food oh i don't know we might be able to ask so-and-so or we might be able to ask so-and-so or maybe my wife will help or yeah i've been there and done that that is that is no fun i don't think that, people understand they're stopping everything to go cook so yeah. the real benefit you had there greg was the fact that you guys didn't have to mess with it you guys didn't have to clean up now you didn't make any money or anything off of it yep. but at the same token you didn't have to mess with it and hopefully everybody was happy and i can really again i travel all over the country for fun flies so and i know gregor's been all over the country and i know you've driven across the united states for fun flies so not having to mess with that kind of thing that's a real the, benefit i think the difference well, is if you're a club that has a lot of people in it where say there's a club that's got 80 or 90 members at that point in time, there's probably enough people that can volunteer to come cook and handle that aspect of it. But like with us, with the rodeo, there's four of us in the club. I mean, mm -hmm. our active club is three to four, maybe five flyers. So when we put on a club, there's probably three of us that are active in putting the club on, putting that event on, three or four. For us to take on food, no. Not going to happen. Not yeah, going to happen. Right. So we well, try to sub out as much of those things as we can so that we don't have and that's why we don't run events either you and know? that that might be a really good top you know uh, a, a good topic i mean you know for for uh, a club considering to put on a fun fly to talk about because you know i've seen in the past i won't i won't name any clubs but i had a I had a close personal friend of mine that uh put on an amazing event and he he bought he went out and bought a smoker i mean a big smoker because there was going to be a lot of people there and uh it he ended up getting all these helpers from the club and uh after the first year i mean everybody was burnt out and nobody wanted to help him the following year nobody wanted to help him because they i mean it was such a big turnout that and they had a very good sized club i'm a really good club beautiful venue and he just could not get helpers i mean he was so begging what would you people. say Prep wise, yeah. I mean, there's probably three hours worth of prep on the food, right? Oh, easy. so there's three hours easy. of just prepping. Then you gotta, mm -hmm. you're probably running food for two hours. So there's five hours out of the day. If you wanted to fly, you're not flying, and you're mm -hmm. sitting there dedicating. And then you gotta listen to people complain that they didn't like this or they didn't like that, or and I, I'm sure, you know, be nice to those people, right? Right. Hey, right. can you guys, can you guys do this, or can I get one of these, or ask nicely because I mean that is a lot of work, and I don't. I don't think a lot of people understand how much that support means. Yeah, yeah, and 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 on top of it too, if you've got like a club of mostly for talking about helicopters, right? Helicopter events primarily. You've got a club that's very strong. Like, okay, so my club, we have a lot. We have a decent, a decent size amount of members. It's not huge, but we have a decent size of members. But the active members that show up to the club. 
in my opinion, are are more. I mean, I'm talking more uh, that are younger and a little more able-bodied. We're helicopter guys, right? So if we're putting on a helicopter event, you know, it's tough on the helicopter guys to have to put on an event if you know because or you know to do the the food and you know cooking, prepping, all that good stuff because they want to they want to be able to enjoy themselves at the at the fun fly as well, right? So. I mean, it's being able to get other people out there, you know, that that are not as, you know, that that are not there, uh, that are not there to enjoy the fun fly more so as to just help. I think is really important. Getting people are, um, getting people that are, you know, maybe other members of the club that are not into helicopters per se, you know, and it's it's nothing, nothing other than for no other reason other than because the, you know it's it's easier for them to come out oh sure i'd love to help rather than have this this inside force pulling at them gosh i wish i was done flipping so i could go watch nick maxwell or whoever's flying or go chit chat with the rest of the group you know and all that so i think you know it's stuff to consider for sure so i think our thought process was that guy that runs a food truck he's prepared it's what he does for a living he's good at it we suck at it and we got jobs during the week that we have to go to put food on our table. So we're just trying to highest and best use. We're trying to take tasks out of our, um, take tasks off our back to let other people, you know, delegate, right? Um, get that thing out of our way so we don't have to worry about it. Uh, right. So. I, I was shut down in the past when I tried to do food trucks. We've done them. I mean, I'm in the St. Louis area, so there's not as many food trucks, number one. They're wanting like $1,500 nominal amount a day. So, I mean, and that, that can't add up pretty quick, but some people are like, oh, well, you know, I can go to McDonald's and get this for $8, and they want $10 per meal. You don't have to leave. Mm-hmm. And it's it's probably pretty good grub cooked for you right there on the spot, hopefully – so let's talk about that, Steve. You go to a fun fly as a visitor. So when I show up at a fun fly as a person, an attender, a person attending, a tender, is that even a word? You know, I come to I mean, a if fun fly. is a name, it, a, a tender can be a uh, thing, yeah. right? But when I go yeah, to a fun a fly, cat. I look at the fun fly and I think to myself, yeah, that food, let's be honest, 12 bucks for a meal. I can't go get a Big Mac for probably three or four bucks less than that. But my thought process here is, is um, this is not a cheap hobby we're in. Right. We probably can afford a couple extra bucks to buy that burger. If I buy that burger from that guy, it helps make that food truck or that a little more successful for them. Probably makes it easier for them to get those people back. It makes it a little bit more valuable to them as a service so that they're willing to be part of this thing next year. And it's a couple extra bucks. I mean... But at today's gas prices, you really save any money by going to McDonald's. Right. It cost me $12 <laughs> to drive down to the grocery store and get the hamburger, right? Facts right, right. there. Yeah. But, I mean, how many times will you go to a fun fly and you'll buy an extra T-shirt? Right. right. You buy the T-shirt to help support the club. I've got a drawer full of T-shirts from fun flies that I never wear that I never see. And I mm-hmm. paid for it. Because it was a way of throwing 20 bucks at the club just to help them grow. I see the hamburgers the same way. You know, I smile every time I wear those extra t-shirts. I own every, even though I wasn't at the first Turlock event, they still had the t-shirts. And I bought all the t-shirts they had. 
and uh, so I still smile every time I think about that. <laughs> but those are the One ways that you, as events. a person attending the event, can help the event be successful. Because sometimes these clubs, I mean, they scrape by the skin of their teeth. A to... lot of them are happy just to break even. Yeah, they you know? eke right. out just enough to cover their costs. If they don't cover the costs, the handful of guys that put it on, they're stuck writing a check. So us, we can all come play. Yeah. Yep. Did absolutely. we already? Your fun fly for Southwest Heli Rodeo. Did you already announce what the grand prize was, or have you not announced that yet? We, I've got a bunch of pictures of all the parts at Doug Darby's place, so we'll. Okay. I need to make. Well, I'm just saying the cost of the money put up. So somebody fronted that money. Yeah. And I don't know, Gregor, what kind of your event, what type of stuff was put together. Uh, I know Nebraska, the event I just did at Rotors Over the Corn, and then the St. Louis Rolly Birds. We didn't have any prizes, and to be honest with you, the fact that we didn't stop for prizes was actually. I don't care. I'd rather hang out and BS with everybody. I could I could care less. We did like a 50-50 raffle at both places, and mm-hmm. then Chad Taylor donated some cups, which was totally awesome. But Those cups uh, cool. Yeah, they, they really did. Uh, Chad, you're awesome. Yeah. Um, shout out to Chad Taylor on that thing. But uh, where was I going with that? I had a point to that. No, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Well, you were, you were kind of talking about um... – the the cost that goes into providing yeah so think things. about that yeah. you go to go buy a kit and a lot of times you can get a deal on a kit like you call up heli direct or bk hobbies and say hey i'd like to do this can you get me a deal mm-hmm. but a lot of times those kits aren't donated uh i know ken uh i know aeropanda donated like the soxus kit for that which that was totally awesome aeropanda um whereas like a lot of the times heli direct or bk or one of those people they'll donate at a significant discount right even better than like you know a, a rep type discount and stuff which is awesome but there's still a considerable sum i know when we started mile high heli showdown coming up in september uh, insert plug here but uh when we started mile high heli showdown we all had to funnel some money together and i think we needed about a grant to get it off the ground mm-hmm. and there was only four of us so i mean you didn't know if you were getting your 250 bucks back. And I mean, like you said, Greg, you spent a lot of money on a lot of dumb shit in this right. hobby. But, uh, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, you know, oh, do I want to spend that money? Well, and it, it's totally paid off. And I think it was well worth it. But I don't think people were, realize how much time and effort and money uh, goes into a fun well, flying. Think about those light towers we all love to fly under. Right. You know, those aren't uh, take mile high. They. Yeah. The last two years, we really haven't gotten any use out of the towers. It was mostly like I flew under there. I know Josh flew under them. Adam smashed a logo into the ground. Sorry, Adam. But he did get an awesome raw out of the deal. So, uh, yeah, but those light towers, like uh, even at, uh, here in St. Louis, we did light towers. We had a couple of people fly. 450 bucks for the weekend per light tower, 500 each. Now, I'm going to insert a little plug there. Most of the time, you can talk to these places and say, hey, this could be a tax write-off because a lot of the times they're not for profit. And you can ask to have those light towers donated. You can ask. The answer might be no, but just keep that in mind. Now, at the same token, you're going to need two trucks to go pick up those light towers and bring them back. Then you're going to need two trucks to take those light towers back. In the case of Mile High, they were a half hour, 45 minutes away. So before I drove home to St. Louis from Colorado, I took the light tower home. Uh, Josh ran over and grabbed all the light towers. So you got somebody making a trip, boom, 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 for light towers. So yeah, those light towers are not cheap, but that is something to keep in mind. You can always ask um, 
the different places, they, they can't use it as a tax write-off because it's a not-for-profit thing. Right. So our problem right. here in Arizona is, for the last four or five years running, the construction industry is batshit crazy busy. Those light towers are burning every night for a concrete pour or a job site pour at night. I've called before and not had light towers available at all. And the only reason we've got towers is because I rent from a couple of guys for construction because I'm a general contractor. So I just kind of, you know, wink at them a little bit and they, they hook me up with a light tower. But it's still, if you don't have that connection, right? you're, you're writing a check and, you know, so you, you get light towers on a job site. You got porta potties coming to a job site. Trash cans. You know, we all sit there up and down the flight line for three days straight, maybe four days, generating trash. And Those let's be honest, really if you don't have trash can. a bunch of 55-gallon drums stretched out down the line, that trash is going to be piled in piles all over the place. So That's we always job. have to try and stage those big plastic trash cans up and down the line and every morning someone's walking down through there emptying trash cans and putting new liners in them and then if you didn't have enough trash cans you'll find piles of trash stacked around the trash can in the morning yeah so seriously so those are all things that the club has to do to keep that event functional for all of us you know so some of the things that uh the club have club has to deal with during an event the behind the scenes stuff you know yeah you brought up the bathroom but uh i mean they can be a problem you know they really can uh, i know most of the places with a smaller amount of people it's fine uh the ranch we did that there was 96 ish people somebody's gonna correct me there was 90 ish people i thought and uh god i was running around to that bathroom every three hours taking a look and making sure there's tp and Make sure the trash can was emptied, and there was several females at the event, lots of wives and girlfriends and whatnot. So trying to keep the thing nice. I know the guys probably don't care as much, but nobody wants to go into a nasty bathroom. Um, and then you can't always get volunteers for that kind of stuff. I don't care. I'm perfectly fine being the janitor. I can't fly, so I might as well be useful in some way, shape, or form. Seriously. Well, that's something that we'll do as well. One of the things you mentioned, you know, you got wives and girlfriends that come out to these events. Um, if your wives and girlfriends come out to the event and the only place they can go to the restroom is a construction porta potty that's nasty, that's yep. all overused for the weekend, so it's starting to get in that little, uh, you know, that little bit of that uh, little raunchy side, um, you may not get her back next year. So, one of the things that yeah. we try to do in the club is we try and get those um, handicap porta potties that are like double wide. You know, so there's enough room in there to bend over and not bang your head on the wall or fall into the hole, you know. And if you can keep those, get enough of those, maybe one extra two, you might get them to survive a little better. And if you take care of them, it might help keep the family coming to support the pilot. What does one of those yeah. cost to rent? I haven't even looked into that. Um, I want to say we're probably, I think we paid. Drop off and pick up fee and all that kind of stuff. I'm yeah, sure it's a couple hundred bucks. A couple hundred bucks for the weekend, three, four hundred bucks by the time you're done with it. And if you pay them to well, service, then if you it, want a hand washing station to meet, you know, like I said, if you want to try to stay into that, yeah, and it is nice. I think that's one of the best things, being able to wash your hands. Yeah, I, being out at Palomar was just. I, I loved that they had hand washing stations. It was it was nice, you know. But those yeah. are a couple bucks. Yeah, 
Yeah. We we used to figure out that the Southwest Heli Rodeo, when we were running 65 pilots, by 65, 70 pilots in that time frame, but we paid for the field because we had to lease the field. We porta potties, construction towers, uh, trash haul off, and all the things. We figured we had to have like 64 pilots to break even. Oh, wow. If we were under 64 pilots, the club was writing out of our pocket, you know. Now, that was cost. Now, raffles help because that's pure income for the club, especially if the stuff's donated, you know. Or Ken so, shows up. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> you know. But when you think about all those costs that add up, you know, if, if the club, like from our standpoint, our only income is the rodeo. So we don't have pilots paying 100 bucks a year to join the club. So mm-hmm. let's expand on that. How does that how does that help the club and keep keep what's going? I mean, how how much how more helpful is that money to the club? Southwest Heli Rodeo, our club, search it. Yeah, nothing. The Southwest Heli Rodeo does absolutely zero for the club. As dumb as this sounds, it's just the goodness of our heart that we put the event on for all of you guys. Uh, I'm you know, looking. I missed last year. I'm totally yeah. totally excited to come out. We um. So. We do the Southwest Heli Rodeo because we think it's a good time of year. It gives people a place to come to enjoy the uh, good weather and a good event. And to be honest, we love having you guys all come visit us in our home. You know, it's it's really cool, too, because it's uh, – so I really like having uh, – going to, like, an event or a show. Um, but then, you know, by the time we get to your guys' event, it's it's like a breath of fresh air because I feel like there's no there's no pressure – Right, so you just show up, and it's like a bunch of, bunch of people flying together. Just there's no pressure, you know, and it's different. You guys, you guys have you have a different, a different take on on putting together a fun fly, and it, it like I said, it's just different. It makes it well. JC enjoyable. always used to say, if you ever look at our flyer, it's all about the fun. Mm-hmm. So our theory has always been, we don't want to do a lot of events, we don't want to have a lot of things that complicate it. If, and I know I've heard people say it's not like it's a real fun fly. It's just like a bunch of guys gathered at the local club to fly. Well, if that's what people are saying, then we're going chalk that up to a success. Because our thought is, is we're just trying to provide a place where all of our buddies can gather up, tell, tell stories, talk about all the great autos they did or didn't do, and tell, you know, lie about the pyro flips they're doing and the TikToks. And I mean, just a place to go out, have a good time. And share, set around the campfire at night. I mean, two years ago, we were sitting around the smudge pot at night, and there's Ben Stork with the guitar. Playing. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, I've missed that. I've never gotten to see that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's stuff like that. I mean, it's just us hanging out, um, chatting with your Alex friends. Alex dragging his helicopter by the tail back from the yeah. uh, upright event. That was actually totally awesome. Yeah, but it's just to us the theory. Our theory is is we, and that's why. And once again, it's part of this is also driven because there's so few of us. When there's only three or four of you to run an event, there's not a lot of time to be doing other things. So we just rely on our goals: provide a venue for people to play, have a good time, and coordinate a gathering. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. How it feels at your event, it's it's enjoyable. So. So at your event, we're going to bring the fly bar back, aren't we? I mean, I heard a rumor we're going to bring the fly bar back to your event. 
to the rodeo? I've heard yeah. that rumor. I've heard that rumor. Yeah, if you go, if you bring a fly bar, I'll fly it. I heard a rumor. There's an outrage. Fifty sitting down in my basement, just itching to be flown. I've never flown a fly bar. Of course, I'm gonna need some help tuning the nitro motor because I don't know if any of you guys are aware, but after 16 years in this hobby, I am Captain Clueless when it comes to nitro. <laughs> well, uh, I'll help get it tuned, and then we'll let Greg have a have a pull at it. There you go. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, so real quick, so. Another part of, uh, in my opinion, making a, an event successful is, is, you know, obviously when we talk about the planning, but um, you touched on it briefly, Steve, is, is uh, you know, purchasing like things to raffle off for the fun fly, right? And, and I think, uh, so, so a lot of times you see, you get a lot of donations from different vendors, but you know, uh, for instance, with your event, Greg, you guys are raffling off something pretty awesome. And and I can't imagine there was a whole lot of donation that went towards that, right? All of I it. know, it, it, right? It was donated? 100% up, of that helicopter is donated. That's amazing. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Because so at our event, we've got, yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't have somebody fund part of that? Like a donation to fund part of it? or So at the Southwest Heli Rodeo, we have a... So are you announcing it? Is that I guess. What you're doing? Yeah. All right. Is that we'll what do you're it. doing? So okay. we've got a raw gasser ready to fly. It's got. It'll have Theta servos, a Neo on it. It'll have the OBR three ten motor with the pipe. It'll have the kit itself and the blackout mods kit, and a Maniac two S lipo to keep it all energized when its motor's not running. Doug Darby's going to build it. Get it all. I was going to say you, the master himself is building this. The master. Not? And if the person that wins it in the raffle, not the auction, the raffle, wins it, if you want to get Doug to autograph it, I bet you he would. But him and Alex Dean are going to get it um, flying, broke in. So when it gets there, you don't have to do the gas or break in. You'll have a gasser ready to fly. And Bert Kammerer is going to come out from Florida to the rodeo and... Now, we're still working out the details. We're going to pull this off. But our thought is Bert is going to do a demo flight with the gasser while we're drawing the raffle. And when you, the winner, can walk up and, well, there's your helicopter. You can take it from Bert while he's flying it or he let him finish flying it. And you can fly it or you can land it and take it and put it in your car. <laughs> Whatever your process <laughs> is. Well, if Alex is the one doing the break-in that's going to be a custom break-in too because i know he's going to fly to the pineapple thief so which is a band for those of you guys oh. all going what the hell is that uh found that out when he was out of ken's and uh this will be hovered to the pineapple thief so uh it might but, be a very good running motor yeah but the club got this because um rmj electric here in the phoenix area made a donation and said we'd like to support the rodeo Every year, they're one of the subcontractors that likes to help our rodeo out. They're nothing to do with the hobby, and they just say we want to we want to help support that event. So one year they'll buy us light towers, the other year they'll pitch in for some dumps. And he goes, "What can we do this year?" I said, "Well, this is the year of the gasser. Would you be interested in funding a gasser?" So they literally bought gift certificates to BK Hobbies, Heli Direct, and Mikado. And then that bought all the parts. The full kit went to Doug Darby for assembly. And we're going to post some pictures this week of all the parts on his shelf. 
as that helicopter starts getting built. And then at the rodeo itself, we're going to have a um, bin set aside that you can buy a special ticket for that gasser. But all of the proceeds for the gasser, so all the ticket money for that gasser specific, we're going to donate that back to the town of Superior School District for the kids there. That's totally awesome. Yeah, that's that makes awesome. it even easier because I mean I already plan on, you know, putting aside a hundred bucks for something like that. Like that's the kind of thing that makes me want to set aside a hundred bucks, and I think that's pretty easy in our hobby. And plus, it's you know, win or lose. I mean, it it goes to a good cause, which is totally awesome. And that was our thought. You know, our club, we're very unique. We fly at a, a retention base in the city of Mesa. Our operating costs is our insurance every year for the AMA. And that's it. I think it costs us like 85 bucks or 100 bucks a year for our club. City of Mesa mows it and waters it and takes care of it. All we got to do is go fly. So for us, the rodeo itself is more about giving to the event, the community for people to fly. So... We don't need to make a lot. We just got to cover the, all we got to do is cover the cost of the event. So anything we have like this gas or where someone donates something from outside the hobby, it's a chance to help the town of Superior feel this is a good thing for them to do. And if we make it positive for them, it makes it easier to go back to the town next year for the event. You know? So it's all about partnering, I think. That's awesome. You know? But, well, sweet. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. You know, so at that event, you're going to bring out that uh, fly bar with that nitro motor on it, right? That's the plan. I'm still looking for a nitro motor, but uh, I believe I've found one. I know a guy that might have one or two nitro motors in a bin sitting in his garage. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go full on, too. We're not we're not putting a big motor in this thing. My plan is to do like an OS 50. Like an original, like OS 50 something period. I want to do as period correct as possible. I think I've sourced some period correct servos, which I think are going to be awesome. It's, uh, I don't know what kind of gyro we're going to use, whether it's going to be a Spartan. Uh, if I can find a Spartan, then I'll probably go that way. Or if I could do a, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, or uh, we'll just do the plain old 401. You know, that's that was the industry standard, yeah. the good old 401. And well, uh, but we can even throw a, a Maniac's uh, lipo on it. I mean, we can't we can't go a little modern, right? But uh, but part of putting that together, that's basically building nitro, huh? Look at that. Is that a Spartan, or is that a, it's a little gyro? Is that a total G? You're a little close. Back up. I can't tell what that is. The solid G, baby. Oh, wow. You'll have to show me how to set that up. I don't even know. That's before. <laughs> I don't know that I ever I ever got a hold of anything, Curtis Youngblood. I do have a set of... Uh, As a manual? The, uh, hey, I've got the manual right here. Awesome. I've got, I've got the manual right here. If so, you but, want to make a period correct, we'll, we'll send this off to you. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can find some blades to go match that. Yeah. I have some edges. There you go. So part of putting together a nitro, it sounds like that's an undertaking, for, especially for, for a nitro noob. There's probably a lot of things uh, that a person would need to know to set up a nitro, right, to be successful? I have a ton of questions. 16 years in the industry, I've had one nitro, and to be honest with you, uh, I helped set up somebody else's nitro here the other day. I put all the electronics in it, and I'm like, well, where do the tubes come from? 
like I don't know what the little things called to uh, snap the thing, the fuel on and off. Right. I don't know what any of that stuff is. So for somebody that's not done it, and they they've come out with some really cool nitros. Like I'm a big raw fan, a big SAB fan, honestly. And uh, I was thinking of either getting a Kraken 580 or a raw 580 nitro. And uh, yeah, I have a ton of questions. So. I think we were going to cover some of that and start talking about some of the basics. I think the next event or the next uh, podcast might go over nitro, not from a necessarily to start off with a tuning perspective. I think a lot of people have covered that and I think we kind of intend to, but I believe we're going to talk about what do you need to get started in nitro? Why do you want to do nitro? You know, what are some of those things that go along with it? What are some of the requirements, some of the considerations? I'm an auto person at least pretend to be um unless everybody's running um you know from from when i failed autos but uh you know nitros are great to auto love to empty out the tank and do that and see if i could beat raja up uh he's definitely been in my crosshairs when it comes to auto so from a nitro perspective it's definitely definitely on my list i'd love to be at urcha and be able to go toe-to-toe with raja but i don't think i'm even 50 percent of the way there on that one but that's the thing about nitros, right? I mean, there's so much to them that if you don't have someone help you through those basics, you can have a pretty frustrating experience and give you a really bad taste on nitros in general, right? Absolutely. I didn't know about how to isolate the fly bar list properly. I've learned a little bit of stuff, but I mean, honestly, I still have questions about those kind of things. Uh, how do I tune a nitro? You know, if I start off with the default settings, I'm in the Midwest, right? So I'm in Missouri and you're at 600 foot and we're normally a very humid environment and which is different than say in a more arid climate, say Arizona. And I don't know what the elevation is out there. You had what, 1100, 1500 feet. Yeah. You're kind of plateau out there, right? So we you get to you know, that would be a different in the summer. Tune. Right. Then you got the extraordinary heat that can be um and i don't i don't know you know you got that flex i know i've seen you guys fly gregor for example i've seen him fly uh what is that four thousand ish feet when you're yeah. up in fernley yeah and uh you know in the daytime it was 65 70 degrees and at nighttime it was 45 degrees and i yeah. just do those require a different tune i, I honestly yes i don't know yes, i mean i would definitely. just put it up and fly it and say oh i don't know it's flying like shit and i i blame it on the nitro motor not my flying <laughs> And some other things to consider, too, is, you know, are we tuning a brand new engine or are we tuning an engine that's been run? You know, a lot of times people come out and they say they're struggling with a nitro and and uh, the engines, you know, broke in, you know, so that's, you know, something you might do a little differently than a fresh engine out of the box, too. And then there's always, you know, uh, there's one way some people like to, you know, hover the first tank. Some people like to hover three tanks before they start, you know, tuning and 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 i'm i'm one of those guys i like to start i like to break in an engine um by generating a little bit of heat to the engine so i can seat the ring you know and that's 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 my opinion and i think you know so there's there's different variables there too so definitely interest you know things to take a look at and uh i think when we go over this um one thing i want everybody to understand that that, that, that there's there's um there's several ways you can go about go about it i've tried multiple ways of going about it and uh what's been successful for me i'll share that but i'll also share 
what I've what I've seen other people do and be successful at it as well. You know, so I think that those are good good things to cover. So. I think so. we're going to try to get a counterpart on that as well, right? You're going to try to get another person in on that, see if we can't reach out and get like a guest speaker when it comes to the Nitro stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to lean on somebody and and uh, as a yeah, a couple of guys I think would be great if we can get it one of the one of the two of them or you know I think that would be awesome to have them come on and and share some of their knowledge as well and and you know I it's, it, this would be very interesting too because I know one of them you know the way they break in an engine is completely different than I am but I'll tell you right now the way we tune an engine is literally identical but the way we both break in an engine is totally different you know and um, and I, I look up to this person you know, in, in terms of uh, what they've accomplished in the hobby and um, the way they fly and the way the way they can tune their engines, you know, so definitely, uh, definitely neat to, to bring in that, that dimension, the two different styles, you know. So nice. during this month, we can, if when we get that surprise guest confirmed, we can probably announce that, give everybody a little bit yeah. of a, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be fantastic. A whole lot of fun. <laughs> I'll try so. to keep my dumb questions to the minimum, but I am completely a noob when it comes to this stuff. You were talking about having a braking motor in. Honestly, I would have just thought you would go fly it, but I don't break my batteries mm -hmm. in either. So right, right. Well, and, and that, that's the thing too is yeah, you know, there's there's no such thing as a dumb question when you're asking questions uh, with along the lines of something you don't know anything about. You know what I mean, and and I think they're all I, I think they're all relevant questions, you know. And I think that's and, the problem yeah. that a lot of us have is you step into something and you don't know what you don't know, so sometimes you don't even know what type of questions to ask. Yeah. So you yeah, right. trip over problems and don't realize you cause them. Yeah, and, yeah. and we'll reiterate this when we go over this again. I think it's really important for people to understand that, you know, there's there's you know, there's different ways of doing things, you know, and, and, um, and, and I know like we went, we went, we covered this with our fly barless episode is, uh, is just different ways of doing things, but, you know, finding the, the, the formula that works best for you. Nitro is a little more sensitive. You want to, you want to, you want to listen to what people are trying to help you with you, but at the same time, you want to find the right people to, to, to learn from, you know, and so just uh, us being able here at Maximum Collective, being able to offer uh, a, a place to come to learn, I think that that's important. And then uh, also bringing on another guest or two uh, from time to time to see uh, to see the differences and and where you can where you can make those differences. Right. You know, there's some areas with Nitro you don't want to well, I'm going to do this differently than the other guy. And like I said, we'll get more into detail to make more sense when we get into it. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, it's just. But the other big question, Gregor, is uh -huh. yeah. why would a person even do nitro? Why would someone <laughs> go through the effort of a greasy, drippy, loud, expensive can of fuel, uh, tuning, uh, Do we even have enough time to cover that? In this right. Episode? I mean, you look at all <laughs> of the horrible negative things about Nitro. Why the hell would anybody ever subject themselves to that? <laughs> to we be can... continued. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, don't forget. Or how about, our... yeah, go ahead. How about a build type setup, right? Uh, from a build perspective, when you're building a Nitro helicopter, 
I was always told red Loctite. You put that shit on everything when it comes to a nitro. <laughs> not me. <laughs> but I mean, it different helicopters, and I'm not going to name any names. There was a certain helicopter that was a 50 size. That's a phenomenal helicopter. Uh, I think he did a fantastic job on it, but literally you had to red Loctite everything because it was constantly coming apart. Hmm. But we could talk about build yep. advice. We could talk about, you know, and, and is Nitro right for you? Consider. You know? Right. So. I'm sorry, I cut you off there, Briar. You were going to oh, say. Oh, no, you're okay. No, I was just, just going to mess with you guys and tell you, let's not forget about topic B and, and did we finish topic A? <laughs> Got to keep what you on track. What about topic C? I missed that keep one, you on man. Track. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up, doesn't it, guys? Yeah. Do you guys have anything else we wanted to cover? Or? Well, well I, let's, uh, let's not forget about the Central Valley Helifest coming up. We gotta... I heard that's going to be a great event. I'm hoping we can get you give us a two minute spiel on it. Sure. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to. So, uh, again, it's going to be in Lincoln, California, and um, it's at the Amos RC Air Park and just a beautiful field. Uh, lots of amenities. I recommend anyone that's interested in coming to the event, go to the website, check it out. If you have any questions, you can reach out to uh, Dave Long. He's left his information on the website, on the flyers. You can reach out to me personally on Facebook. You can reach out to Danny Juarez. We'd be happy to answer your questions. Um, at this time, uh, I'd like to make mention of all of our sponsors. So far, we've got Absolute CNC Products, Ego Drift Motors, Theta Servos, XGuard RC, Hobbywing, uh, BK Hobbies, Maniacs RC. We've got Nick Maxwell Products. Uh, we've got uh, Assure uh, Rotor Blades, Contronic. HeliDirect and Mikado RC, last but not least, Scorpion Motors. So we've got an awesome amount of sponsors so far. Um, we have a uh, special kit that we're very excited about. Uh, I don't want to get too much into detail uh, due to uh, shipping and, and just making sure everything's in line so far. Uh, the great Burke camera has, uh, has commented that everything's looking good. And we'll just keep it at that at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. We're gonna we're gonna have all kinds of fun stuff to do. So. I can't so wait for the me, ice cream. There's going to be food and everything yeah. provided there, right? Isn't it catered? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's catered. Uh, the 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 tickets. So the tickets. Uh, the smaller the tickets. So uh, on on Thursday night, uh, we won't be serving lunch on Thursday. Uh, but we will be serving uh, dinner on Friday night, and that's going to be free for to all registrants. And uh, there's going to be free water all day long. There's a cantina that's got uh, enter, or I'm sorry, it's got uh, ice cream. So uh, yes, Greg, I see a smile on your face over that. So we're going to have ice cream. Um, I was just at a Warbird uh, event that they had, and my daughter was with me. We did a demo out there, and my daughter kept pulling my leg. She's uh, my 11 year old. She kept pulling my leg to go get her some drumsticks. You know, they have, they didn't just have little ice pops. They had real, which are really good by the way, not knocking it, but they have, uh, they have amazing, an amazing selection of ice cream. And that will be the same for the Hel uh, Central Valley Helifest. The meals are catered. Um, I went to one of their jet rallies and the food was absolutely amazing it uh the the dinner the catered dinner reminded me of being at a fancy restaurant quality food 
the mashed potatoes. I'm not a huge mashed potato guy. They were absolutely delicious. I was literally licking my container that I was eating my food out of, and uh, the the chicken the chicken was was phenomenal. And um, visual I have right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was it was really really good. So the food is going to be next level. Um, so yeah, lunch will be catered uh, Thursday or Friday and Saturday, <laughs> and. Uh, What's going on with you? I'm <laughs> laughing at your dogs running all over the yeah. place. The naked dogs. Holy cow, your yeah. naked wife just walked through. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell the world that. Oh, but, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, definitely a uh, must attend. I'm really Refresh excited. Refresh my memory. That is just, I mean, that's literally right outside of Sacramento, right? So if you want to fly this event, I mean, you got the Sacramento airport right there. You could easily attend that. Yep. Um, just inside of california so you could probably even skip the gas prices in california if you tried you could you could yeah it's about i'd say rough estimate you're like 20 say 20 25 minutes 30 max depending on traffic away go you know, through from tahoe airfield. and yosemite or whatever yeah from the no you don't even have to do that it's like you've got sacramento roseville lincoln they're they're roseville's almost connected with with uh, sacramento you know and uh roseville and lincoln are connected as well so it's it's a very nice yeah hop skip and a jump the airport is north sacramento and uh and lincoln is just north of Sac roseville sacramento, sacramento was super so. easy i flew in there for friendly yeah super easy to fly in and out of that one yeah nice yeah. looking forward to it yeah super excited to have everybody come man and and you know danny and i are I, i've been working logistics danny's been working all the sponsorship uh stuff and uh hats off to danny he's been he's been absolutely killing it and uh you know this is something that kind of came up last minute for us we got asked to uh about an event uh amos rc wanted to create a a helicopter event uh, dave long uh phenomenal individual he this this guy does not play around he wants to put on a show for everybody um we're trying to put a put together an old school helicopter fun fly feel to it so like I said, we've got noontime demos where, um, you know, we've got an announcer that's going to have music. You can play your music. So bring your playlist. They're open noontime demos. We are not closing down the field at all during these demos. Did and you hear a, that? Greg yeah. McGrath is going to do a personal demo. That is what I just heard. With and country I know music you're doing throw my favorite loops. maneuver in there. Yes. That's it. Yep. We'll and do you it. Call me out. Be like, look here. We will world. Facebook live it. There you go. Yeah, that that sounds awesome because unfortunately I cannot attend and I apologize. Yeah, but yeah, no, we'll we'll get you there next year. So cool. all all proceeds will be benefiting Gigi's House. It's a uh, a uh, it's a it's a group that uh, that does a lot for the Down syndrome community and uh, in particularly the children. Um, but uh, you know, uh, just a, just an amazing uh, group of people. They are going to be attending and they are going to be handling our raffle for us. And so, um, not not to, you know, not that we uh, we didn't see an angle there, right? You know, we saw a little angle to help generate as much as we can for Gigi's house. The uh, the music, uh, Dave's been working on the playlist. Um, he and I are getting together and, and trying to make it so it's it's you know really good music. Um, the sound system is phenomenal. So uh, gonna skip the Atlantis set for the uh, fun floor. Yep, 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 absolutely. And and Donnie Pasha, we've got some Baby Shark for you, so. 
Bring your A game. Bring your A game. So <laughs> nice. But yeah, the list goes on. That sounds like a noontime demo. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. he has gotten so much. Oh. He was always a good pilot. He's always been better than me. But like, he's got some serious style. He's really knocking some stuff out. Yeah. He's an, an awesome person to watch. Yeah, he is. He's an animal. Absolute animal. So. Well, if you guys are done with that and you feel like we've covered everything, I think it's about time to start auto and auto out of here. What do you guys think? I'm game. hold. Throttle hold for me. Throttle hold for you. So just remember to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We do try to post some little stories. Feel free to post questions or whatnot. Uh, we're always happy to answer them. We're going to try to start doing some little more bits. I hear a rumor that we're going to try to do that at your event there, Gregor. We're going to try to post some little stuff here and there and be a little That's more right. interactive. Uh, I know everybody's busy. So, and don't forget to check out some of the other great podcasts that are out there. I know there's like Skids Up, uh, Free Fall, RC, and Telerotor. A couple of ones that come to mind. Hellyheads. 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 Yeah. Another good yeah. one. Yep. Uh, if I forgot another And podcast. between now and our next event, if you have any nitro-related questions, no matter how new they are or how seasoned they are, Anything you them. want us to cover. Yep. Right. Yeah. If you post the questions over in the Facebook, that'd be awesome. We can see what we want to cover because, I mean, honestly, I'm completely ignorant when it comes to it. I mean, I really, I had to ask, what don't the motor come with hoses? Um, I got <laughs> laughed at a little bit on that one. But, I mean, I don't build nitros. Yeah. Even so, the little clip that cuts off the fuel. I mean, the fuel filter, where does that go? How does that, I, I have no clue. So those are questions. Uh, Post them and we can maybe try and pick those up and address them the next Yeah, I'm going to have to, unless I find a ready-to-fly Kraken 580, which I've kind of been looking for. But uh, I think building a new kit would be fun. So, anyway, uh, until next time, we're going to auto on out of here. Check us out on those things, and thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.